welcome to the Worldwide Chelsea Podcast, episode number. I don't actually remember the number, and I never do, so <laughs> just guess whatever it is. Um, how can you have pod archery? And did my dad buy all the clothes as a kid for me? Nope, Mumbai, because it's our favorite Indian, Arrow. How are you doing, Arrow? Tell me some love. Tell me something. Go ahead. I'm finally doing really great now, because we've been saying players. And that's what we've been asking for. Players, good news, good days. I'm <laughs> finally back. And it's great to be back in the podcast. And it's great to have Chelsea back again. How are oh, you doing, mate? I'm doing great, my friend. Good to hear from you. That beautiful voice that doesn't sound that Indian. Good to have you. <laughs> and the second guy that we've got today, he's no longer scouting in Belgium with delirium beer or 80 of them you can get from the bar. He's our local analyst, the tactical evangelist, the baller, Matt. How are you doing today, Matt? I'm doing good. I'm happy to be back. I'm My stomach is full of a bit of five guys. I'm happy, ready to talk about Chelsea. <laughs> five. I love getting the, what's it, the bacon cheeseburger, bacon burger. My, my, my girlfriend absolutely loves it as well. Oh, don't. The fries are just amazing. And yeah. the portion sizes, oh. They are I good. talk about it all day. Yeah, I do. One thing I like, especially, is that drinks machine. You know, you can just mix all those beautiful drinks. Oh, yeah. Wonderful. So you've been in the right place, mentally and physically. Yeah. Um, Rumour has it that this guy is actually Kai Havertz. Uh, the amount he talks about him. Cool well, <laughs> London hero, not the rapper, but Josh McCormick, I've always known as Mook. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing good, man. Did you like good the intro? He <laughs> came out with this theory yesterday, man. I'm Kai Havertz. Could I talk about it so much? <laughs> um, I just want this still done, man. Seriously, it needs to be done. It's been, I've been waiting since June, I think, for this still to be done. It's a fucking joke. <laughs> to be fair to you, your dedication to the cause has been incredible. So I think I think you'll only have to wait. I don't even think you're going to have to wait 24 hours more, if I'm totally honest. Yeah, by the looks of it, it should be done by tomorrow. It'll be there. And the one great thing is when you back a signing and they come and they actually are that good, they're just nothing that kind of rivals that. You're sitting there in your, your kind of... What if he becomes shit? <laughs> oh, one. Yeah. Oh, like a melon, man. That's never <laughs> happened to me. Cough, back, Yoko. <laughs> <laughs> right, the same oh, that has happened to me like really that. recently. <laughs> Sorry, who... Um... I've been back in Werner since... Before he signed, and everyone's saying he was going to sign for Liverpool, and then he signed, and he even scored on his debut. Like, getting to that, how was how good was Werner? Well, for me, I mean, I'm very the way that he played, and I think it might be what we get from Lampard's team from now. The way he played, I love. That's the way that I try to play, and it's that off the ball, relentless running. That's what exactly. impressed me most. He even went back to retrieve the ball. Yeah, from I, a striking position. Well, was that David Costa, is it? Remember him at Chelsea going out wide and that a lot? Yeah, and oh, yeah. Costa, kind of I remember Costa. And remember that, that goal that. against, I think, West Ham, where he uh, cut in from the right wing and then scored? Costa was amazing. Yeah, yeah. I think Middlesbrough done it too. It's mad. <laughs> it's really, right, I can't wait for Werner. And him and Havertz. Let's hope they create that kind of uh, that kind of connection. But uh, yeah, so we will get into that. Actually, uh, we'll we'll start with the Brighton game. Actually, so let, let's continue. You said how good was Werner, and I was really happy with both him and Ziyech. Gave us a big kind of something to get excited for, which I think you know we really need after what happened in the final to kind of build us back up again. Um, let's start with the Brighton game then. Um, before we move on to some signing discussion, um, what were your thoughts to take away from the Brighton game? I'm going to start with Max. He hasn't talked yet. Go ahead, Matt. Um, well, I actually just finished watching it uh, just before the pod because wasn't able to watch it yesterday. But I think it was one of them, just a typical pre-season game. You've got the best out of individual performances and then you've changed it all up, put a load of players on and it's just become one of them games where you don't win it and people get upset, but pre-season game is what it is as long as you get the good individual performances you had Ziek, whose ball was absolutely phenomenal Werner was absolutely brilliant 
I didn't think Ruben had a bad game. I thought that Ruben had a good game, but some people are going to say the opposite. And one person I want to call out as well, Connor Gallagher, when he came on, was absolutely, his work rate, his energy was phenomenal. I think he's not going to get into the team this season. We've got too many options, but he needs to get a Premier League loan, and I think he'll shine. Interesting point about Gallagher. Do, do you share this? And also about Loftus-Cheek, two things I wanted to kind of pass around. What do you guys think about that? Mm, Loftus-Cheek had a decent game. He didn't have the impact we would expect of him, but it was a decent game from him. As for Gallagher, yeah, that was the only reason I, I watched the second half of the game. Because everyone else was underperforming in the second half. And people like Lawrence, like this game was uh, even more youth-oriented than we have the usual preseason games. Because you wouldn't expect someone like Lawrence to play uh, a preseason game. So, yeah, the second half was really toned down, but Conor Gallagher was the one who kept me hyped up and wanted me, kept me watching the match. As for the first half, the first half was brilliant. We got to watch Ziyech with all his wizardry. That pass to Hudson Adoy, wow, that was something else. Uh, Hudson Adoy inadvertently assisted Werner. Like, he was supposed to head the ball towards goal, but he accidentally passed it to Werner, and Werner showed us what he's all about. The goals. He's all about scoring goals, and he has proved himself just in the first four minutes of the game. That was awesome. Absolutely. What about you, Josh? Um, I was critical of Loftus-Cheek, but I watched it back, and he was playing in the role where he's not used to, Pulse 9. I think it was like a second striker, weren't he? It was just behind Werner when he drifted out wide and that. So I think it was a role he weren't used to. So you have to let him off there. And plus he had a big injury before. And I think he got one again. So um, Conor Gallagher, like them two said, was class. His pressing and everything, like, it was top. He reminded me of Mason Mount when he first joined in pre-season where he just pressed every ball. If you remember that in Ireland, when Mason Mount played, he pressed every ball. And that's what Conor Gallagher did. It was top, man. Um, yeah, second half was just dead. First half, yeah. played played top football, but second half, what do you expect though when we had sixteen year olds on? Same. I don't know what people were expecting. They were expecting us to win against some experienced Brighton team with sixteen year olds. I, I don't think that's how it works, mate. Exactly. Not, yeah, it doesn't I think work that, like that. I think that's a good point actually, because I mean, I, I'm also one of those that are guilty of that. That I always just want, I expect to win every single game that's ever played, and I just don't think you can really get that. Especially, yeah, when they changed like nine, ten players or whatever it was. They changed so many. So, yeah, we can't really... Well, the result didn't matter. That's true. The result didn't matter in that sense. But yeah, what... and it wouldn't have come to that, but like eight of our players are in quarantine, so we had to play those kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, them, in my opinion. Yeah, I think you're both right there. I mean, I... Again, it must just be like a Twitter thing or an online thing, but for me, I didn't think Loftus-Cheek was that bad. Um, and maybe he wasn't bad, but he wasn't that good either. Uh, I mean, he he was played out of position. He he used to play. He is used to playing as a CM, but he was placed at a cam. And in the later half, he was played uh, as a left wing, which Lampard has done before as well. And I can clearly state that it doesn't suit him. He didn't perform well as left wing. Interesting though. I mean, I never put uh, Sari over, but he played wing for Sari. <laughs> And he did score some goals in that position. So he wasn't exactly played as a wing. He was playing uh, as a left-sided cam instead of a wing. That's why he got to combine with Hazard uh, and then create those goals as well as score them. But he still had to station himself in the wide areas, which is uh, you know you're still kind of there. Uh, yeah, but playing sorry. as a winger is not the same as combining with a winger. Of course, but when you're kind of situated further wide and not doing his, nat you know, his natural game of, you know, kind of... I know I heard Lampard saying he wanted him to play a lot deeper. Um, or he said it was a possibility he could be playing a bit deeper. Um, I saw a few instances in the second half where he kind of dropped deep to receive the ball. I think that might be something a bit better for him. But I definitely didn't think that he played bad. Um, I thought, yeah, maybe he was shaking in the first half and he picked it up a little bit. Um, there were worse performances, but again, I don't think we, will, we we can get too harsh yet. It is just preseason. It's the perspective we don't always have after a game, and I know I don't. Um, I'll, I'll be sitting there tweeting. I mean, 
I, I was sitting there tweeting I wasn't happy with Hudson and Doy's performance, and then I said I loved Ampadu, and he gave away the penalty two minutes later. <laughs> <laughs> Ampadu was good, though. I forgot to shout him out. He was that one apparently from the penalty. I don't think that was a pen. Me neither. I mean, I thought he did uh, well. But what about you, Matt? Um, what What was your kind of overall kind of vision of the game that we played as as a general concept, my friend? Um. Yeah. Just as basically as you have said. It was a game where we played phenomenal in the first half and then we brought all the kids on. And don't forget, we couldn't even beat Brighton with our full-strength team last season. So how is a bunch of 16-year-olds going to beat them? Effectively? Yeah, very valid. And um, I th- again, it's pre-season, you know. Um, let's move on from that. We've discussed a little bit of the game. Um, but one thing that's the most interesting, I think everybody wants to talk about the most, are the impact of the new signings. We've made four so far, um, you know, with the argument of, of five to keep Josh happy. Um, we'll start with our wizardry, the new man on the right side, Hakim Ziyech. Um, um, what are your kind of thoughts about this? this time? I'll start with Arrow this time. My first thoughts would be uh, I'm a little bit worried that he went off limping. And apart from that, he really impressed us. He showed us what he, we have been lacking. Those through balls, those long balls that we have been missing since a long time, since Fabregas left. Because Jorginho was the player that was supposed to do that, create long balls, those assists to the attackers in front of him. But he didn't do that consistently enough. So now that we have Ziyech, we could at least hope for some assists, for some creativity. And because we had William on the right wing. And his crosses, well, we all know how his crosses are. They hardly ever pass the first defender. I mean, that is a huge upgrade going from William to Ziyech, at least when it comes to crossing anyway. Did you see the corner? Ziyech's first corner? Yeah. I did not. I First was man. like, you know what? You know what? I was poised to <laughs> uh, create a tweet. I was ready to post a tweet that we finally don't have William to take corners. But then Zish produced a corner that I couldn't tweet about. So, yeah. I that was a disappointment. Yeah, I mean, I don't think this is just William. I mean, I've been going to the Chelsea games for quite long now, and this has been an issue for a while. Before we were, everyone was on Twitter, people used to be on CFC Net. I used to use this forum to chat. And the arguments about not hitting, not getting by the first man in corners was still an issue. And then we had Lampard taking him. After a while, we had Fabregas. And then they all faced the similar fate. A lot of the balls... Matter was good, though. Yeah. Matter was even, good at taking corners. I mean, Matter was... That first season from Matter was just unbelievable. Um, Every season of Matter was unbelievable, apart from when Jose came in and played him out of position. Was sold, and then we won the league. Moving on. Um, yeah, I kind of agree. What do you think, Josh? I'm going to push that over to Josh then. Um, what are your thoughts on, uh, on Ziyech? Oh, he's a wizard. His left foot, man. It's, whenever he cuts in on it, I always think something's going to happen, even when I watch him at Ajax. It's like, he's so exciting to watch. I think he's the most exciting signing, him and Thiago Silva, in my opinion. Interesting. Um, I definitely agree with that. It's one of those things with him. He gets the ball... And you just, you, something can happen. And I think it's like a, a tweet yeah. that Ajax put out, didn't they? They said, you know, you just got to believe in that foot, in that left foot. And it really is like that. I mean, I didn't see that cross coming when, you know, he got it, he's angled it in. And you've seen so many of those. I mean, I think he set one up for promise in, in one of our games. Um, yeah. What a ball. I mean, I don't know how Hudson. Twice, was. actually. One was yeah. offside in the first leg. Oh, yeah, yeah I remember that. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited personally for, for Hakim Ziyech to play for us. Um, what about you, Matt? What What are your thoughts? Um, well, this is actually quite interesting considering you've got Arsenal fans saying he's crap, United fans saying he's not going to do anything. All I'm just going to say is let him do his ting and let's leave it at that well, and been... see what you say after the season. You've been seeing Martial doing not anything for the last, what, three years? So, I think they're, they're less qualified to talk about this. Don't, don't forget Martial's god to everyone, so we can't say that. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, some of these players that people hype on Twitter, I mean, we've got to take some form of perspective, haven't we? Like, the, 
moving on, I think I think Ziyech's going to be an amazing player for us. Hopefully, that injury was a worry, but let's hope he's just something small. Uh, and, and he'd be back ready for the next game, hopefully. Um, but one thing I was particularly impressed with was his pressing off the ball. And it's something I really like as a player, as a fan. He was everywhere, absolutely everywhere, chasing stuff down. And and that effort alongside quality, I don't think you can beat that from a player. When you see that, and they've also got quality at feet, I think you, you know, you've already won almost. And imagine those two players doing that constantly with, you know, with Pulisic on the, uh, on the left side. Um, I love that. I think that's something great. Yeah, I agree with you on the pressing part because he did press a lot. But I think, like, just to be uh, a bit critical, he just needs to learn how to tackle a bit because he did give uh, quite a few fouls. <laughs> yeah, I see some of those. I think that's going to happen in games. I mean, if once he gets acclimated a bit more to it. Uh, but let's move on, guys. Let's talk about our second and first signing of the summer, Timo Werner. A lot of people really excited about this speed demon, this killer, you know, this cold German on the inside. And he's like, Alvida Sane. So let's move on and ask. I'm going to start with Arrow first. Uh, what are your thoughts on Timo Werner? My thoughts on Timo Werner is the same that I've been quoting since a long time we needed a, a new striker and we finally have a new striker we finally have a proper striker who can go for the ball who can who has the pace to outgrid defenders and then go in and strike the ball who takes in the opportunities i know we did see Drew playing great games for us in like the latter half after the restart but we can't rely him on him for like the whole season right and Tammy, he did show us his quality at the beginning of the season, but as the season like drew on, he fell off. He f- fell off that cartwheel, and then he just couldn't perform anymore. And our whole team had been crying out for someone who can score goals, who can create goals, who can even move back to get the ball towards uh the goal and then even create because we haven't seen our strikers create goals we did see Giroud lay off the ball to Hazard like previously but this season our strikers didn't create much but in in Werner we have someone who can create as well as score goals I'm really happy to see Werner and absolutely happy and buzzing to see him score in the first four minutes of his first game for Chelsea and it's incredible, I think. I think that's an amazing point you've just raised. It's the fact, you know, you can tell when top players press because they know when to press. And I see him there, like, always. And I see it in the Champions League final. I know PSG lost, but you saw Neymar closing down the space, you know, zero to one second. And I think that's where, where we don't notice it so much. But a lot of top players, they know when to do that. If you compare... Werner doing that to you know for example some of the younger players Tammy you tried it did well early season but then stopped doing it I think but uh, Hudson Odoi for example doesn't press the lines well at all whereas you have like Werner he's on it he's on it he's on it and I think that's the difference between a top player and I'm very excited from the play I think like you said the creative he got quite a few assists in there as well uh, his contributions were very high uh, across Europe um, I'm going to pass that over to Matt what are your thoughts on Timo Werner? Um, I think he played very well. I think he played exactly how I expected him to play. And I'm just happy we've finally got, I'd argue, three good strikers this season. I think in terms of depth of strikers, who in the league has better? I don't think anyone, really. I can't think of any. How about you, I just want to say, when's the last when's the last time we had a striker part strikers in depth like this at Chelsea in general? Not since we had Drogba and Anelka together. Yeah, I think that's. I'd argue that's the only valid remember, valid point. Remember, Kai Havertz can play striker too. Even better, we have four <laughs> options at striker. Hey, we have Havertz now. Yeah, Havertz. He can play striker. He played yeah. at Bio There is an argument he's a bit more competent than some players we already have across all of these positions. And Josh obviously has studied uh, Havertz quite a lot in this this group. So, and it's obviously quite clear, isn't it? He can play across the front three, in behind the striker and striker. Yes, Is that correct? Yes, yes. 
even centre mid to an okay standard, but I think he's a bit bit lazy, I say, to play centre mid. If you know what I mean? Possibly, yeah. Very interesting. We're, we're all kind of discussing this about the depth. Um, we're saying there we've got three. We've got Werner, Tammy and Giroud. There were rumours about Tammy going off on loan as well. I saw that just the other day. I don't know if there's any truth in that. Um, but yeah, three, I mean, can you think of anyone that has a better forward? I mean, you've got Liverpool, I guess, with three good front players. And you've got City, I guess you can count Aguero, Sterling and Jesus. Uh, what do you guys feel about that? We on on, on par with them now? I think we are we're like almost on par with them because uh, we have the quality. It's just a question about Premier League proven, like because they haven't been uh, they haven't proven themselves in the Premier League yet. So this is the, this is the season when we'll see if we if our attack really is on par with Liverpool's and Man City's. I'd argue. Liverpool have a very good front three, but do they have the depth behind it like we do now? No, 100% not. Shakiri and that aren't up to standard. Yeah, they maybe played important games for them, but even Liverpool fans can admit they would prefer our front three up backups, if you know what I mean. I mean, Origi's all right, but and he's played, he's stepped up when he's has to, had to, but I don't think he's... Better than, I don't think he's better than Tammy or Giroud. Yeah. Oh no, yeah, sure, surely. Origi isn't better than Giroud. Like maybe better than Tammy right now, but not better than Giroud. I don't think he's better than either, mate. I don't. I don't see Origi getting fifteen goals a season. Maybe he's better left wing than Hudson and Doyle. That's it. That moment. Then that's valid. Some really good takes there. Um, let's move on because one of the biggest issues in a team as we discussed last season well last couple of weeks in fact we've been discussing um, biggest issue for many people is the back four um, we've made two signings um, let's discuss uh, Thiago Silva a surprise to so many people that we managed to get this you know this Brazilian warrior this brigadero into the team um, what do you think about it Matt what, what's your opinion on this uh, signing of Thiago Silva well, I just want to say, first of all, if Marina's still listening to me after I said that we should sign Thiago Silva on the pod earlier, uh, I've got another list of names that I'd like you to sign. Uh, Messi, uh, <laughs> Neymar would do, and maybe an old black on top of that. Thanks, Marina. Mbappe, Camavinga. Oh, yeah. Mbappe, Camavinga. Perfect. <laughs> but, yeah, Messi, down to the no serious thing. part of it. Lali um, just said that he, he's going to cost us 700 thousand million like 700 million pounds so yeah no to messi but yeah i think silver is he's going to be just for even if he doesn't play a single game his leadership that he's going to bring in the dressing room is exactly what we missed last season and that is going to be that for the young players for the even the more experienced players it's going. They're got, they're all going to learn something that they may not have had before, and I do I do think he'll play in our team because we've got incompetent Christensen, incompetent Rudiger. He'll partner next to Zuma, and I don't know what's happening with Tomori, but I think it's I think it's the best signing we could have made. Interesting. So a very very um, glaring response there, um, endorsement from Matt. Uh, what do you think about it, uh, Josh? What do, what's your opinion on the Thiago Silva signing? It's a win-win, man. I didn't see it coming. When I first heard the rumours, I was like, no, this is fake. We never go for a 35-year-old, give him maybe a two-year contract. I didn't believe it, but probably the best buy for this market. There's not really that many good centre-backs available for that cheap. You could say to the Barley, we could go for 70 mil. But since I've seen him under Sarri, since Sarri left, he ain't been the same guy. So I I think the club knew that too. That's why they went for it. A lot of money, but yeah, Thiago Silva's could be the best CD option right now. And then maybe next summer we can go for a Kimenez or something, you know what I mean, that we've been looking at. We'll have more money available. Yeah, definitely. I could t- what, what do you think about it, Aaron? Well, I'm just going to give you uh, three reasons why I think that Silva is the perfect signing for us right now, for our centre-back. Uh, the first one would be, 
he addresses the problem at the back, the defensive issues that we've been having, because he has proved himself as a center back. And even this season at 35 years old, he did prove himself. He was really good. Even against Bayern, he was pretty good. He did play well. The second point would be, yeah, that, that would be the, big, the, the biggest point because we have been lacking leadership at the back and throughout the team. And he's a captain. He is a proven leader. So we now have a leader at the back who can command the goalkeeper as well as, as the other defenders around him, especially the ones who need that kind of uh, help from a leader, such as the ones uh, who are com- up and coming, Tomori, Chilvan on the left, Reese James. I think they'd all benefit from Thiago Silva playing with them. And the third point would be he's free. We got him as a free agent. What more could you ask for? Such a big win. Um, I mean, for me, I'm very much in favor of this. I've always rated him uh, quite highly as, as a player. Um, <clears throat> yeah, he's a bit older, of course, but I mean, for free and considering the defense we currently have, I think it is it's possibly one of the best deals we could have done. And it was Exactly. A... You just can't go wrong with a free deal. Well, yeah, I mean, Ben Haim says hello, but yeah, no, I do... <laughs> Um, it's very no, no, but I do agree with you in this case. I think we've got a world class player for free. Um, even the wages aren't that high. I mean, we've actually pulled off what I think is. A, I don't know how we do it, but we managed to get these great deals over the line for Ziyech, for Werner, uh, and for Silver. And I think they're all the prices that we've paid have been absolutely astronomically successful for us. I mean, even if they don't hit the ground running, I mean, the prices we've paid for me has been one of the big kind of sticking points. I think we've really done a good job there. Um, so let's move on whilst we're talking about the back four. We are going to move on to a very polarising figure. It's Ben Chilwell, the final of these. Well, not the final, because there's another one we might be talking about. Um, ben Chilwell, what are your thoughts on the signing of Chilwell? Let's start with Josh, because I know Josh is in favour of this. Um, Premier League proven. People are going to be like, Recently, he's been poor, but the whole Leicester team's been poor, so you can't just go on and blame one player. You know what I'm saying? Like they've been poor since December, I say. Like the whole Leicester team, Madison, the only good player's been Vardy, in my opinion, out of all that team since December. So you have to, you can't really blame him for that. He's permanently proven. This time last year, I think 90% of this show's fan base would take it. That for 50 mil out of your hands straight away. So people saying this is a bad deal are just dumb really at this point. It's probably the best deal we could have done. Lampard's number one target. Give him have faith. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it was his number one target, so we hear. And I think even he said, you know, he's looking at him for a long time. Um, and how about you, Matt? What do you think about this? Uh I think it's it's turned out to be for me a very good signing. Um, Josh said it completely correctly, as I'll talk about in my article tomorrow that should be coming out about Ben Chilwell, is his form went down the minute Indidi got injured and the whole team went down. And it went down all the way through Corona to the end. It wasn't... I don't don't directly think Chilwell's gone, I'm playing shit now. He's got... It's the team has... And I think this is a fault of Rodgers... It's faltered in a way that they've just they lost that edge, and then that's what they had before. That was the thing that was keeping them above everyone else. They lost that, and then the team, as a as a result, lost Champions League. And one thing I want to say as well: everyone that was saying about oh let's get Tagliafico for twenty million, well, the latest rumours saying that Leicester are going to get him for forty million. So found his level. Is it is it is it the fact that we've only paid five to be exact five point one eight million more for a twenty three year old? Just saying. Yeah, good, re- really good takes there, Matt. Now, before I come in with my own ones, I'm gonna pass it over to Aaron. Now, what's your opinion there, my friend? Hit the target, Aaron. Yeah, Ben Chilwell. Uh, he, I think he's a really great acquisition for us at twenty three years old and for the price because. We had all been discussing a left back since the pot started. We had all been saying who our targets would be. And we've been knowing who uh, Lampard's target is. Because we've been linked with Chilwell since 
what, last August or September? Because I've had him since uh, the last August or September in my FIFA career because we were linked with him. And I just wanted to see how he would play. And my only doubt about him was the price. Because we all thought that Leicester wouldn't budge on that 80 million asking price like they did not on Harry Maguire. But I guess it's different for Chelsea uh, than it is for Man United. Man United have to pay the full price. We don't. We just get him for a 30 million discount, unlike Man United. So I think it's a great deal now. It's a great purpose. Because I did say that for 50 million pounds, Chill will be really nice. He's Premier League proven. He's decent defensively he can cross the ball as well and he's a he's a full england international so yeah i'm really happy that we got a left back finally we don't have to see alonso playing as a makeshift left back instead of his preferred left wing back or have to suffer watching emerson nowadays Oh my god. Um, I, a lot of great takes there. Um, I just want to kind of uh, weigh in with a few of, of my takes. Obviously, Chilwell wasn't my first choice, but actually, you know, we look at what was available, and that's what I wanted to say there. And he was definitely up there in my top three choices, however. Um, and, and I knew we were not in for Tagliafico. I think that was pretty clear. Seeing him play against us, seeing him play other games, he's like five foot eight or something. He just doesn't fit the bill at all. And um, also, before we continue, I'd like to apologize to Jesus Caronia who, of course, was not having a bad season. We were talking about the virus, I think. But uh, he plays for Porto, not for Chelsea. And uh, we're talking about the price there for Chilwell, right? Saying uh, so, Some people saying that the price is bad. It's $45 million for an established player who is only 23, quite quick, fits the bill, what, what we were looking for. A bad price? For me, that's not a bad price. And another thing, was he actually bad when indeed he was injured? Was he truly bad or was... A lot of the fan base is willing him to be bad after two bad games. Seems to you know you can't say that he was bad because he even scored the winner for Leicester in a, in a couple of games. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he was bad. If we're, we're looking, I mean, yeah, he, they, people made those compilations about the Liverpool and, and City games, okay, but you know, every player has one bad game. But it seems to be we love to judge players we don't like or off the basis of playing two bad games. Uh, rather than the basis of some players playing bad almost the entire season but seem to be given excuses. It seems to be quite a common thing that if there's a player we don't like or don't necessarily want... <laughs> I do, do I? <laughs> I, um, <laughs> I mean, we want our players to do well, but did hudson Odoi have more than two good games this season? Because I couldn't think of any. But it seems to be something we're not allowed to talk about, not allowed to discuss. And, and that's something quite interesting, because when it comes to certain players that Twitter doesn't like, there are players, you know, Rudiger. I know uh, he has he was bad again yesterday, was bad in the final. Oh, then, he was horrendous. Yeah, he was very bad. Um, and in this case, you know, we talk about, for example, compare with Christensen, probably had 10, 11 bad games this season. But I guess people are now starting to turn on him too. But it seems to be there are certain players that are not allowed time to come back from injuries, certain players that are not allowed to be criticised. I mean, it's something we've got to kind of get better at, I think, as a, as a, as a fan base, and try to judge them all at the same, because we're a big club and we want to win. And in that case, certain things, you know, you can tolerate, certain things you cannot. Um, let's move on to the final, well, not the final signing, because there'll probably be more, hopefully. Um, I'm going to start with Josh, because it seems to be his favourite player of all time. Take it away, Josh. All the time, all the time. I don't think all the time, but I'm excited about the signing. He's probably not even my favourite signing coming in, to be honest. Still silver, I say. But, yeah, man, I'm excited for this. It looks like it's even closer after today. Did it turn up to training? Um, there's actually pictures of flights going to farm. <laughs> that's kind of 30 minutes away from Cobham, what I don't believe, but I would still entertain it because it's part of the... You were checking out the Virgin Atlantic schedule, were you, Josh? <laughs> it weren't me, mate. <laughs> random page. Um, but yeah, as you said, Kai Havertz, he's a top young talent, probably top five in the world. I just can't remember. Had two consistent seasons. We get him now instead of waiting next year. We're buying in that Real Madrid. It's a top buy. In my opinion, will make profit of him if he performs. 
to high standard will at least make 30 mil off him. So in my opinion, this is probably one of the top buyers we've done. And finally, we're paying big for youngsters. Uh, maybe not youngsters, but finally we're actually joining the market where we're paying bigger money like other teams in the world, where we want to be Europeans' best. We're finally reacted, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah. And I saw you promote that a, a lot during uh, the group chats and stuff, that now we've joined the modern market. And, uh, you know, yeah. if the player succeeds, why the hell not? I mean, if, if he does succeed, and, and this is definitely going to be a big win for you because of the amount of time you've talked about him, every goal he scores, I get the feeling you're going to be sitting there sipping on another, you know, lovely drink or a slice of pizza. Hopefully, every I'll be at the ground, mate, because hopefully yeah. you'll let us back in. And I'll be celebrating at that ground, taking my shirt off and everything. Now I'm joking. Do you know how I know where you're going to be sitting, Josh? Do you know how I know where Josh McCormick's going to be sitting when he watches the games? Because I'm going to see on the camera, if I'm there or on TV, going to see on the camera, Kai, please give me your shirt on a side. Oh, I'm not... They're like five-year-olds at these. You better hurry up and get a sub and put in there. But no, I mean, we want to see, you know, the best players at Chelsea, right? So I think Josh is going to be like that, uh, that kid celebrating in a football game that we see has become a meme nowadays when Harvard scores. <laughs> yeah, definitely could happen. Um, OK, so I'm going to pass Havertz ball uh, literally over to Matt. What is your opinion of this uh, signing? Uh, like Josh said, I think welcome to the modern market. We've been waiting a while to get in there, but we've we've finally hit the bit. We've finally run in the building. Um, I think he's he's just one of the. He is a. I did have my thought, my criticisms about him at first when everyone was talking about Havertz and Sancho was still in the midst of would we get him, would we not? I was the one of them people that said. I'd rather pay the extra for Sancho. But I have warmed to it a little bit, and I think he's still a world-class player, whether we had Sancho or whether we'd get Havertz. They were both very good players at that level amongst the elite. Not quite there yet, but they're about to get there. But I think Havertz, the way Lampard wants to play, I've seen that I think he fits it just that little bit better than Sancho. I think he's going to be a very good player. Hopefully he stays for many years to come. Whether that happens or whether he does a hazard and eventually wants to go to Real Madrid, which is natural because as good as we are, it's always been that thing. Good players go to Madrid. Good players go to Barcelona, even though they're a pile of shit at the moment and it's absolutely fantastic to see. But I think he will be a very good player at the club. And I just want to say you did forget Malang, Saar and Xavier Mwamba, who I think will be good additions as well to the team. Definitely could be. Um, there are some other people as well, like Mendy, uh, that's been rumoured. Don't know if anyone's seen him. I've only checked him out a little bit last night. Don't really know too much about the player. Um, there's obviously also Declan Rice. That we're going to admit these from the conversation just because they've not been kind of. There's not been any official approach or anything yet. But um, obviously, no. Sorry, it's already been confirmed. Yeah, no, not Saar, but he's going to go back off on loan, isn't he? So I think he's yeah. not talking about a player that's going to be here uh, for, for the next year. Well, maybe, you never know. Um, but um, that's what I was going to say. It's up to you now, Ara. Then what's your opinion on Kai Havertz? I think that we are already preparing for Kai Havertz because the formation that we played yesterday, that would really suit Kai Havertz. The, the position that Ruben Loftus-Cheek played yesterday, that, was, that is the perfect position for Kai Havertz to play. He can easily interchange with the front three. And as Josh said before, and as we have seen in the Bundesliga, he can play uh, all across the front three as well as the midfield. He has played as a striker, and he has got the height to play as a striker as well as head the balls as a striker. And he can also interchange with the wingers as well because he has a really good pass in him. So I'm really excited about Havers. Uh, we did not see him in the training pictures of Leverkusen so I think that's confirmation enough for us yeah Along with all those journalists who have been saying that he's it's a, it's a done deal it is right but I mean I saw him the other day driving down the Autobahn my German accent is dreadful 
Um, <laughs> but, uh, I can do a good Sadiq and a good Mike and a good uh, good Kamal, uh, which I'm not going to do. Oh, you, you can do a brilliant Kamal. Yeah, it's got better, hasn't it, over time? So it is. Save it, it for is. the next confirm. <laughs> um, Right, so before we move on, there's a, another thing left on this beautiful pod today. Um, but I'm just going to say, when's your prediction for the announcement of Harvard's and video? When's it coming? Josh, tell us, when's it coming? Um, it's happening right now. Um, announcement tomorrow. I'm here. Wow. Big worldwide show from here in the source. Yeah. underscore A. I agree with you, hundred percent, hundred percent. Well, I just yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Tune in. <laughs> right, <laughs> final thing on the agenda for today, and that thing on the agenda is written down as Matt's rant on buying the title. So I'm going to pass that over to Matt now. Get <laughs> <laughs> <In> away. <laughs> right, the so mic's yours, Mike. Everyone, listen up. Um, this is going to, out to every opposition fan that may or may not be watching this, whatever you choose. Specifically, a few names I want to call out. Mr. DT, Bavs, uh, Saeed, the realist, as he's known in the United fans. What are these names? Um, wow, you did really know I just, names. Yeah, I, I, I've, I'm calling out proper people here who have been absolute fools <laughs> on Twitter. Um, this motion of Chelsea buying the league, Chelsea 2004 is back. It's a load of rubbish. And if you just, we will take a little five, ten minutes just going through the economics of Chelsea Football Club in the last two years. And we'll see whether Chelsea are really buying the club. So, in the last two seasons, we have bought Werner for 47.7 million, Chilwell for 45.1 million, Ziyech for 36, Saar, Silva, and Mbayamba, sorry, for free, Kovacic for 40 million, and if you want to count Pulisic, which I'll make the point Pulisic's actually an 18-19 signing, so, but we'll just add him in for the idea that opposition fans want him, us to add him in, that's 57 million. And then Havertz's original first fee, 72 million. That altogether creates... 299 million that Chelsea have spent. Now let's have a look at the players out. We have Morata, 50.4 million. Palacic, 13.5. Nathan, 2.7. Hazard, 103.5 at the moment. Ola Aynar, 8.82. Callas, 8.1. Luis, 7.83 million. Michael Hector, would you believe, 5.31. And Kenneth Omareo for 4.5 million. That altogether create uh, gives us uh, money of 204.66 million. So we're about 90 million off um, on transfers. We've spent 90 million more than we should have, but we've still got Bakayoko to sell for between 20 to 30 million, Emerson for about 20 million, Zappacosta for 15. Moses for 10. Any loan fees that we make between Ampadu, Gallagher and who else. Barkley for 20 to 30 million. I forgot to mention him. And then we come down to the actual economics of it. The last two seasons, we've made 85 million on sponsorship money from Yokohama and Free. And then we've got to remember, you've got your ticket revenue. Add on top. I know coronavirus has kind of lowered that a little bit but we've still got ticket revenue from the season before and a little bit this season so actually taking out obviously ticket revenue because i couldn't work that out right now and future loan fees chelsea are actually in profit of 84.66 million which leaves us money for a goalkeeper and depending on how much we spend on that goalkeeper possibly a deck and rice so Opposition fans, where's this motion of Chelsea buying the league when we're actually in profit once we sell our players? Right now, we're 90 million in debt, yes, but we've still got plenty of players to sell. If your club's worked as well as Chelsea does and sell players for high money, to buy players for high money, maybe you'd be in the situation we're in. Maybe you'd be getting free signings in a week, but you're not because 
the Glazers and Ed Woodward are a bunch of bankers, and Cronky is a stingy fucker. And that's how it's always going to be. I'll leave you guys be because you're probably crying in your sleep right now because you realise you cannot come back at me at all. Because all I've stated are some simple facts. Good night, guys. <laughs> that's just plain jealousy from the opposition fans, man. Gotta say that is one of the best prepara- uh, prepared speeches I have heard. Um, and all correct, too, I think. Oh, I didn't realise we got 8 million for Callas. I know. Uh, I I was surprised with some of these. I was surprised we even sold Michael Hector, but clearly we did. Yeah, I exactly. wondered why I'd the never heard of him recently. Michael Hector. Did you hear about? Uh, <laughs> did you talk about Pasolich as well? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I missed that. Was it? The, and I think it's very important to note that there's a huge difference between buying the league or whatever else <clears throat> than buying well you know and actually spending money and selling money running the club as a club that is trying to win which is what Chelsea always does I mean and you don't even need to I mean it goes without saying you look yesterday when uh, Millie Bright scored that incredible goal and the women won the shield you know the women just won the league so it's not just like they're saying oh yeah chuck money at new players get Ronaldinho of the past and all this into the team they invest in the entire infrastructure do you remember the Harlington I think it was Harlington training ground we used to have before Abramovich come in yeah, and he built a five-star five facility built for the club, you know? So, you know, people, I think it's just, it is core jealousy. I mean, so many people would kill to have uh, Roman Abramovich as their owner. And Matt put it very elo- eloquently and very well, I think. Well, I, I do try. I do try. Beautiful, Mr. Ball. Uh, what, are your, what, do you, what do you guys think about what Matt has just uh, just said? Yeah, totally agree on that. Because we all know the finances of the... Of what's happening right now we all know the players that we have sold apart from people like hector because i didn't even know that we had sold hector that's such a relief for me and the all the ones incoming right now that's all down to us not spending the last two seasons as well as selling selling our players on a high rate because we did sell hazard as well as morata for quite high fees so that's that was a great deal for us and also, we are getting players on free nowadays. We already got three players for free as free agents. So that's great for us. Do you remember when we got Balak for free? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Another wonderful one. And also remember when we got Steve Sidwell for free. That went well, didn't it? Uh, <laughs> but no, absolutely um, fantastic points of view there. Um, we discussed all the signings. Um, before we wrap up, however... Is there any final signing that you guys would like us to make or feel that we need to make? How about you go first, Arrow? I haven't let you go first for a while. Yeah, I just need two more signings because everyone we've got right now are absolutely perfect. We just need two more signings to actually compete for the league title. That is uh, a new goalkeeper, which we have a bunch of names from to pick from. The one... We've got Mendy, we've got Onana, we've got uh, the one from Lille, as well as Ariola, I think. Those are the four goalkeepers who've been linked to us. And apart from the goalkeeper, I'd like to see Declan Rice come into the squad. But I think that's uh, a bit unprobable right now, because uh, we have got Silva, because we are preparing for Rice. So let's see. I am hoping for Rice, but I think it's a bit unusual for us to go for Rice this season. Yeah, okay. What about you, Josh? Kai Harvitz in goal? Yeah, mate. I've been talking about that, Dad. I say get that Mendy guy in goal this year, and then next year go for a world class keeper and a world class centre back. That's what I think we should do with this. After signing Thiago Silva, That'll be next year. We'll probably get a world like get a good centre back like him and S, and then sign this Mendy for twenty, what's it's predicted to be, and then next year get a top keeper if he to challenge him. No, not to challenge him to be with him, and then Declan Rice. We have to get Declan Rice surely. Me and Mar, yes, and a few others. Propaganda man. 
Hugh you know, Goldberg as well. Declan Rice. Even Alex is in on that. Let's get let's get that rice propaganda going strong. <laughs> All right, we have to get it, man. Good. And finally, you, man. Let's go get our rice. <laughs> How about you, man? We're all hungry for rice. Yeah. Um, as much as I'd like rice, I personally think he won't come this window. Maybe if we're lucky, he comes in January. But I think he's a. If we can get him now, we it's brilliant. But I think it's a signing that Chelsea are looking at this possibly next summer. The guy I'd go for right now, if I had to pick out of all the targets we've been linked to, Mike's going to love me for this, but we've got to get Pope. We've got to get Pope in goal. He is. I, I was previously on the Onana train, but my mate who's a Burnley fan has kind of swayed me into Pope. I've watched him. I just think he's he's what we need. What Kepa, What Kepa's faults are now, Pope has. He won't be this signing that's going to be with us for the next six, seven years in first-choice goalkeeper, but he's going to be that guy who, for now, he can help build this team, get it a bit further ahead in the road, and then when it's time for us to buy a big goalkeeper, he's going to be at that age where he's going to go, I might be all right sitting on the bench for Chelsea. And then we've suddenly got an idea of we've got Pope as a good second-choice goalkeeper. And then the first choice, whoever that may be in the future, as the world-class goalkeeper, we hope. Absolutely. And, and on that note, you know, uh, sorry for Mike, who couldn't be here today, who is a big fan of Pope. So uh, he'd be like, yeah, I really like that dude. And I think we should spend a million on that. So I, I've got to say, what a wonderful episode it has been. We're going to wrap it up now just before the hour mark. Five minutes to get your dinner and listen. Um, it's been wonderful having you all on. As always, Worldwide Chelsea, number one podcast in the world. Great to have you today, Matt. Thank you very much. It was good to be on. Been a long time, but I think I've made my entrance now. You really have. has solidified your place in the starting 11. And thank you very much, Josh. Thanks for having me. As always, always good to be on here. Yeah, it's great to have you back, especially one day before the Kai Harvats news. And Arrow, thank you very much too, my friend. Always great to be here. And our club's been treating us really well, so I'm really happy right now. Putting us up in the five-star hotel of success. So thank you, guys. This has been Worldwide Chelsea. See you soon, guys. <laughs>